the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. As we continue now in the season of Pentecost, we can recall that the season of Pentecost is that, that has that theme of the Lord growing his church and giving life into his church. Uh, just as we reflect on Christmas or the birth of Jesus, Easter with the death and resurrection of our Lord, uh, in the season of Pentecost, it's about Jesus handing out that resurrection, handing out the gifts of that cross to his church. And so it is uh, with today's gospel reading, with the feeding of the 5,000. So just to kind of uh, maybe reflect on the text a little bit, uh, in the immediate context, Jesus had just heard word that John the Baptist had died. Remember, uh, Jesus' mom, Mary and Elizabeth, uh, John the Baptist's mom, they were cousins. So Jesus was related to John the Baptist. So in hearing this news, he had lost a relative, perhaps even a friend. We don't know how much they played together in the backyard when they were kids growing up there. So he hears about the death of John, and he wants to be alone, to go and do what Jesus often did when he'd go off by himself to pray and, and to reflect on God's word. So he wants to be alone. As the text says, he gets in a boat, he goes off to a desolate place to be alone when he heard the news. And then it says the crowds, when they heard the same news, they heard of John the Baptist being dead, they took off to see Jesus. As you think about that, they probably were thinking, this is it. Jesus has finally been ticked off enough against Herod, and we're going to see some fireworks. And so they go out chasing after Jesus to see what he's going to do, and Jesus leads them out into the desolate place in the wilderness, away from everybody else. And Jesus, hoping to be alone, comes to shore, and what does he find? Not a solitary place for him to pray, but a massive crowd. The text says 5,000 men besides women and children. So if we just think if you, maybe the husbands would have brought their wife and maybe a couple of kids, which I think is undershooting it, you're looking at about 20,000 people on this shore. Now you and I, if we were hoping to be alone to grieve the death of, death of a loved one, we might have been upset. These people won't leave me alone. I just want to be alone. And instead, the text says Jesus had compassion on them and healed them. A word, the Greek word for compassion is getting at the guts. It's splonknidzo, it's this pouring out of the guts in, in love for others, in mercy and care for others. We, that's really what the word compassion means. Passion to suffer, come, co, with. So we're suffering together with someone else in order to relieve their suffering. And that's what it is for Jesus. He has compassion. He pours out from himself upon these crowds and he heals them all until it gets dark. And then something interesting happens when it starts getting dark. The disciples start to panic. Jesus, uh, it's kind of a rowdy crowd. They didn't bring a snack. And they're getting, as the Snickers commercials say, they're getting hangry. Send them away. Otherwise, we can't control this mob. And uh, Jesus says, you need not send them away. You give them something to eat. Now, even if they had left, even if Jesus had sent them away, it's already at sunset. Have you ever been like, you know, way out of town with little kids in the car maybe, and then you think, hey, we should probably, we should probably go eat. You still got to drive to a restaurant, then you find out that it's full, and then they got to make the food, right? But imagine doing that with 20,000 people. Have you ever been to a McDonald's behind a bus? You have to wait, there's no way that any of these small villages could accommodate that many people that quickly. 
So Jesus is obviously not going to send them away. And the disciples, they've got nothing. We've got nothing here but five loaves of bread and two fish. That's enough for two and a half fish sandwiches, and Peter's going to eat all that in like five seconds. Right? What do you mean you give them something to eat? And this is when Jesus says, no, no. He, he takes the bread and the fish. He gives thanks. He prays. Then he breaks up the bread and fish, and he gives it back to the disciples, and the disciples then hand it out to the crowds endlessly, abundantly. And then when they're done and everyone is satisfied, that is everybody's full and miserable, like the way we feel after a buffet, there's 12 baskets left over. Wonderful miracle we see of our Lord Jesus displaying, uh, well, not just his power, that's really not a surprise. We knew Jesus had power, but the bigger thing to see here is the compassion of our Lord, a God who deals with us not according to his power, but according to weakness and lowliness and mercy and shows compassion for those in great need. Now, the application for us, there's many here, but just maybe focus in on one. Uh, like the disciples, as the, as the day was getting dark and they're finding themselves surrounding by, surrounded by lots of hunger, don't we find ourselves in a similar situation in this world today? As the times grow dark, we find ourselves surrounded by greater and greater hunger. Not just bellies that need to be filled, I mean, there's plenty of that, but really, especially in our Western suburbia context, all the bellies are, are pretty much full. And yet, is, is there not plenty of hunger? Hunger for, for that which the world cannot give. Everywhere you look, there's hunger, desire for, for something more. Many times they can't even figure out what that something is. And it's really no surprise when we're pumping everybody full of the doctrine of evolutionism, this idea that we came out of this chaotic nothing. There was no, there was no God who designed it and set things in order for us. So we have no identity, no, no origin. We don't know where we're going. There's no afterlife, no heaven, no spiritual realm. So there's, there's, no, there's no sense of where we came from, no sense of where we're going. That gives us no purpose or meaning now. What is the point of life? If not, but pleasure and trying to extend my life as long as possible to extend my pleasure as long as possible. And does that not define our culture today? The focus on the self and a hunger an un, an, a, a hunger that you cannot satisfy with anything in this world. Look around, our neighbors with full bellies, all the world can buy, and yet they remain empty and hungry. We find plenty of children hungry for love, children with plenty of toys, plenty of extracurriculars on the calendar, so much there is no rest, all that money can buy, and yet they are starved of love and care, hungry for more than this world can give. We see parents hungry for the comfort that their children will turn out okay and be happy and successful, and they find their bellies full of anxiety, worry, and the realization that they're not in control of their kids. We see wives hungry for love and honor from their husbands, wondering what happened to their dream of a happy life with a devoted husband, but they find themselves starved for honor due to them. We see husbands hungry for respect from their wives, yearning for a dream of a happy family, 
yearning for comfort and joy at home and coming up empty. And how many youth do we see trying to face up to impossible expectations, can't decide what they're going to do with their life, seeking acceptance from others, and always giving in to pressure to be accepted. We see a young woman going to bed in tears over her baby given over to the hands of the abortion chambers, realizing only too late that in robbing her child of life, she has robbed herself of the honor of motherhood. And she's hungry. We see a world so deprived of comfort, peace, and honor that they fill up their lives with everything they can get in this world, everything they can get in this world, worldly things, things money can buy, respectable career, the car, the house, the toys, but things which in the end mean absolutely nothing and give no peace at all. And of all of these, the Lord Jesus looks to his church and says, you need not send them away. You give them something to eat. So in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus is talking to his disciples, those who are learning from him. And that's you and me in his church, those who are baptized into the Lord's name and learn from him. And Jesus, in this hungry and dark world, he looks at us and says, you need not send them away. Give them something to eat. And as the days get darker, as we find ourselves closer and closer to the end, the hunger only grows greater. We find more and more brokenness breaking into our lives, our own families and communities. And when Jesus says, you give them something to eat, we have nothing but panic, just like the disciples. How are we going to take care of this mess? It's getting into my own backyard. It's in my own family. I can't fix it. I don't know what to do. And we panic, just like the disciples. Faith doesn't panic. A lack of faith panics. But faith doesn't panic. Because for the Lord and for his church, there are no surprises. There are no emergencies. Just as Jesus knew what he was doing when he led everybody out into the desolate place in the wilderness, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew how I was going to go. So it is for us. He knows this desperate, hungry world that he's placed us into. But doesn't he use the disciples to fill the bellies of the hungry world? And he'll use his church in, in the way that he knows is best. But it's the way that we may not understand or see right now. But we need not worry or grow anxious and despair or fearful. That's the, the panic of the disciples. But faith doesn't panic. And, as our, and in, our, in our panic, we do see our our unbelief and our breaking of the first commandment. So our Lord calls us back to himself. He says, no, 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 it's okay. I'm going to take care of it. But you give them something to eat. <laughs> well, what are we going to give? What is it that we have in ourselves? If we have anything in ourselves to give, we ultimately give them nothing. Because aren't we just as broken as everybody else? Aren't our families just as infected with the hunger as everybody else? Whatever logic and reason and advice you're going to come up with, you're giving them nothing. And you can't point people back to the world. The world, they've got everything from the world already. Everything the world can possibly give them, and they're full of it, and they're still hungry. You give them the world, you've given them nothing. And you can't point them back to themselves. Is that not the, that's really the, the key advice of the world today. 
Focus on yourself. After all, we don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. All there is is the self. So focus on yourself. Give yourself time. Treat yourself, right? You're all that matters. And yet, all they find when they look in deeper and deeper into themselves, you only find more hunger. And yet Jesus says, you give them something to eat, but what are we to give? We give nothing other than what our Lord has given to us. It's pretty simple. The Lord who looks upon us with great compassion, just as he did on the crowds and the feeding of the 5,000, he looks upon us with compassion and gives himself to us. He joins us in our suffering, becomes human, becomes man for us and dies for us, forgives our sins, cleanses us of all shame, he puts his name upon us on holy baptism, promising to be with us always, that we belong to him no matter what we face. He forgives our sins. Well, it doesn't seem like very much saying that God forgives your sins. It doesn't seem like very much to put water on a baby and put God's name upon the child. It doesn't seem like much to have some bread and wine. It seems like trying to feed a crowd of 20,000 people with a couple loaves of bread and some fish. It doesn't seem like enough, we think. But the Lord said, it's not up to you. I'm gonna take care of it. It's my way. So he takes, he takes his gospel, he places it into our hands, and he satisfies the world in a way that we can't possibly understand. And there's plenty of there's plenty left over. It flows out abundantly for us, just as he, we, he calls us together here. He fills us up with his forgiveness, and it overflows from us to our neighbor in our daily life throughout the rest of the week. And you might grow empty, and so you come back. There's free refills. It's like the French fries at Red Robin. All the forgiveness you give away, Jesus continues to fill it time and time again. It seems like so little, and yet we end up with an abundance, 12 baskets left over. To the mother grieving with the child that shall never know, he gives the name of himself. He puts his name upon her, gave himself over to death for her, that that childless mother would know that her sin is forgiven, her hunger is filled, and there is nothing that can separate her from the love of God, which is hers in Christ Jesus, her Lord. To the world that is lost and confused, the Lord gives a creator, a redeemer, one who bides with them, gives them meaning and purpose and even joy for every day. To the wife despairing of a husband's love for which she longs, give the name of the Lord who loves and honors her with his own life so that she knows that there's no despair in this world that can separate her from the love of God in Christ. To the husband who's hungry for respect and love and joy, the Lord gives fullness and honor at his name, grounding that man's value upon the Lord alone and setting the husband to love his family selflessly as the Lord has loved him. To the husband and wife, he gives the joy of knowing that God delights in your vocation at home and at work. Wherever he has placed you, he is working through you and gives you joy there. 
To the parents full of worry and anxiety for their children, the Lord says, I created the children. They belong to me. Faith is my gift to give, and I know what I'm doing. He forgives the sins of parents and fills them with his peace. To the child longing for acceptance and love from absent or abusive parents, the Lord places his name upon them and gives them his eternal presence. For he has given himself fully for them, so he gives them honor and value by shedding his blood for them, and nothing can rob them of that love. For the youth longing for purpose and acceptance, the Lord accepts them, and this sets before them the simple expectation to, to love their neighbor in this world, and promises to work through them wherever he places them, and he's with them always. To those who despair, who hunger, you give them something to eat. That is, give them only what the Lord has given you. It might not seem like enough. A couple loaves and five fish won't go far, but it's the Lord's. And with the Lord, it does far more than we could possibly understand. We give them Jesus. After all, we have nothing else to give anyway. He is everything, and they'll get that gift nowhere else. Life over death, meaning and purpose, hope and peace in a chaotic world, honor for those in shame, forgiveness for all sins, great and small. To the hungry world, we give Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.